Hey everybody, welcome to Joyce Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get to it. at Wendy's. <laughs> My very first job. We had two high school girls that came through the drive-thru all the time on their horses. What? They had And they horses. allowed it? Yep. Thank you. You're and welcome. we took their orders. That's, yeah, because you're definitely not, I don't think even you motorbikes You guys lived in Florida. Yeah. That's something that I would understand like in Tennessee. Dude, they should have been I riding saw gators. People, is what I have yes, to say. 100%. <laughs> if they'd been, if they'd saddle up and rid some gators in there, Yes, I love your gator. <laughs> there was a. This is only slightly related, but uh, along the horse riding thing, there was one day when I was riding my bike to MTSU, and I lived real close. It was on Dill Lane, which is yeah. uh, right across from Bonhoeffer's and stuff. Just a, sh- a really short little road, um, and in this just like one block stretch of road, I saw somebody riding a skateboard, somebody riding a bike, uh, some people walking and some people on horseback just all like, like in a row pretty walk. much <laughs> and maybe something else but probably not so that they was probably superheroes but <laughs> i just felt like and like they were all doing it separately but i was very confused and felt like this must have been some kind of setup thing like i don't even i can't explain the state of mind that it put me in but i was just befuddled like did you feel like you were in happen? a flash mob that was gonna I say it was like a flash been. mob beginning <laughs> yeah i mean pretty much <laughs> Guys, remember when that was a thing? Flash oh, mobs? man. Like they would, Were you guys ever a part of one? No, I was never a part no. of one, but I saw a lot of videos at once where they would... Yep. They, it was like, oh, we're just going to like really freak people out by getting on the subway with my identical twin, and we're going to sit across from each other uh-huh. and wait until somebody notices. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> <so> <laughs> just like... Whoa. Did you know Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are not identical? Uh, no, I didn't so actually who? realize because they look the same. Yeah, but yeah. they're not like <laughs> pretty similar. I, actually, if you look at pictures of them now, you're like, yeah, yeah, they you're not really identical. Because okay. I looked it up recently, but yeah, it's we have a friend who just had twin girls, and she's like, I'm pretty sure, yeah, they're fraternal, but they're probably going to be like a Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen kind of thing. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Explain. They are identical, right? And she said, Nope, you're dumb. I, was like, I just right. assume since like they traded places on Full House yeah. all the time that. Like, there you go. Did but you know that Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch is an Olsen yeah, sister? Yeah, she's the younger sister who mm-hmm. actually like goes out and gets seen by people. <laughs> yeah, well, I think she had less of a drug problem than That's the other two. Still a drug problem, just less. <laughs> yeah, just less right. of a drug problem. I mean, was, I don't know. <laughs> it's cough syrup, so you know that was bad. <laughs> hey, episode break. 15, guys. Yeah. Did wow, you we, know that? Oh, no, the I actually big one did not five. realize. Yep. That's, it's I mean, time for our quinceanera. <laughs> We're Olé. not white, by the way, so this yeah. is okay. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Are you an amigo? <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke with the three guests. Oh man, it's uh, uh, so good. Well, and I think I mentioned it last week. Totally, it's on the last episode. Yeah, cool. so. Oh, okay. You told okay, Seamus. Yeah. Oh, no, I, oh, I think. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> that's not what Seamus was. Seamus posted something on one of 
somebody's post. The elephant in the room thing? The elephant in the room thing. What was he talking about? He wasn't talking about anything. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm so confused. He, I got on Xbox Live with him like not that long after he had posted that, and he was like, Man, I I hope Matt's not like super concerned about this because like I it was, was a for joke. a little while. Like the next time that I was in here, I was looking around this room for some sort of creature. I was like, "Is there something in this room like that I'm not I aware of?" <laughs> yeah. So, Parker, do you know what? No, this is? I have no idea. Seamus yeah, commented on an Instagram in. pic, and he's like, uh-huh. "Is this the episode where you guys finally address the elephant in the room?" <laughs> And I was like, oh, is is there one? And then he's like, the giant creature in the room. I didn't see so, any of the follow-ups. He told me about this before there were any follow-ups. I didn't respond to that because I didn't know yeah. what to say. Like he kinda he outwitted me there. Which is hard to do because normally I'd go along with that, but yeah. I was just I was just not kerfuffled. It. I had no idea what to say. So the next time I was in here, I was just subtly looking around for a big old creature. That's really funny. I guess maybe that thing on the wall is a turtle of sorts. Uh, Yeah, that's not giant. It's definitely not. It's a little ocarina turtle. It's a not a macarena turtle. It's an ocarina. Oh, the the one over there. Yep. Yeah. So this is good radio. Um, Yeah, it really is. Uh, What have you guys been listening to this past week? Uh, So, in keeping with my summer tradition, Uh um, honestly, I I, I've just been checking out Spotify's Discover weekly playlist. Uh, I checked out a band called Astronauts Etc. Yeah, particularly the song Shake It Loose. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good song. I don't know anything about this band. I'd never heard of them. Uh, this song came on my Discover Weekly playlist, and I was all for it. It's just a really good little like funk soul jam. Um, it's got like super tight, uh, kind of like hip hop drums in the back with like this nice little dual guitar, almost very reminiscent of like the Eagles hmm. uh, little riff that's just keeping it alive. Um, and then the vocals come in, and it's uh, like just nice, pleasant falsetto vocals. I guess imagine like. Bonnie Vare meets Soul Funk uh, is cool. kind of what this sounds like. I checked out the rest of the album too, and I couldn't tell you what the album is called. I'll have to look that up. But the song is called even Shake if you It Loose. Do it, you, couldn't, you couldn't even tell us then? Uh, not even then. I'm sworn <laughs> to secrecy. <laughs> I signed a contract. Uh, no, I, I listened to the rest of the album. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Nothing really blew me away, but this song in particular just kind of seemed to be a step apart from the rest of the record. So if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, Astronauts, etc. It's a nice little... I, it, it made my my summer playlist, my summer nights playlist, which you should go follow on Spotify because <laughs> it's real good for those summer summer barbecues. I never know if that kind of thing, they're like, you know, oh, they've got one song that's awesome and the rest mm-hmm. are so-so. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse for it. I mean, obviously, it's a curse for the... <laughs> for the well, artist themselves. <laughs> yes and no, but even for the listener, like, I'm not really sure because is it worth me knowing that this one song is good and that they're... Like, there's a band, Darwin D's, mm-hmm. and uh, that my friend James showed me a, a while back, and they've got a song called... Uh, I, don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, um, radio something or whatever. Hmm. And the, the one song is great. It's, um, oh, Radar Detector. That's what it's called. Oh. And it's really fun. And the rest of their stuff is not interesting at all. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> so. that was kind of the story with the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs for a mm. lot of people. Um, Art because, Star. 
I'm just kidding. That's the only song I know about them, and it's weird. Uh, well, no, yeah. So, like, a lot of people found out about them from Rock Band because the song Maps was on Rock Band. Uh-huh. And, oh, and man. Maps is yeah. just, like, kind of a fun, smooth indie song, and she's mm-hmm. just, like, got a sweet vocals over it, and it's just really nice. <laughs> and then the rest of their songs are, like, she's screaming into the Heavy microphone hitters. and saying yeah. really crazy things the whole time, yeah. and nothing makes sense. <laughs> and, and it's, uh, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this sounds cool, and then went out and bought. Fever to Tell, which was their yeah. like kind of first ish album, uh-huh. I think, and uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was their breakthrough album. Yeah, it's it's not the same <laughs> as that song at all. Tell <laughs> so. you what, I went and bought it when I first heard that band. I went out immediately and bought It Splits, and that was one of the first records I bought on vinyl. Oh, wow, and yeah. it, that still holds up. That is a tremendous record. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean like I, yeah, they've they've got some good stuff. I I, I will say part of part of that is my experience with them because I I bought Fever to Tell. Yeah, and and it was just like. Some of these songs are cool. Also, some of them are super weird. Yeah, <laughs> like her vocal style is just very unique, and and yeah. I, I just that didn't realize. Hurt. I didn't realize. You know, you you listen to maps and you don't think like Karino's probably a really weird person. <laughs> but then you watch kind of videos of her and you listen to some of their other music and you're like, yeah. She's a weird person. Dude, have you checked out the uh, Where the Wild Things Are soundtrack? Yeah, no, yeah. I know. Yeah, you want some, some weird Karen O stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's her solo, like, mm-hmm. without the AAS, but... Yeah, she just, um, like, did the soundtrack for that movie. Yeah, which is, I mean, I guess not an unheard of thing, but back in, like, what, 2005 yeah, I, when that movie came out? Well, yeah, when I heard that she was doing the soundtrack for that album, I was kind of on the, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> side of that, like, really? Yeah. But I, mean, I haven't listened to it, so I, I can't really say that much more. It's good. That, I mean, but, it, it yeah. fits the movie. It fits the subject matter of that weird movie. That's fair. That's well, a two-hour-long version of a ten-page like, children's <laughs> book. Yeah. That, that's the other side of that, is I haven't seen the movie, because yeah. I, I never really understood a ten-page children's book turning into a two-hour movie. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Man. So you I, haven't listened to that, but what have you listened, listened to, that, to? But this week, I was on... Yeah, I think it was either... Like our Tuesday, which because of July Fourth was kind of like a Friday, or if it, yeah. yeah, I think that's what day it was. I, I was sitting at work and I was trolling around YouTube, uh, just trying to find like something to listen to because uh, a lot of times I, I really like listening to live performances of stuff if they're mixed well like I, I really like Audio Tree performances and KEXP performances because uh-huh. they're usually like still really enjoyable from an audio perspective but also you get kind of the video perspective which obviously if i'm at work i'm probably not watching the video i'm usually doing something else but uh it's still enjoyable because you get kind of a different aspect but so i was trolling around youtube trying to find something and uh i happened to see audio tree posted a video of a band called uh it's pronounced trico It's spelt T R I C O T, like tricot, um, mm-hmm. but trico. Not and spelled it's like the Pokemon. Not spelled like the Pokemon, uh, which would be T R E E K O T. Yep. No, just no T. Just no T. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, trico. Uh, anyway, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they are at one point an all-female Japanese math rock band. Oh. So here's a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, they do. I, I I think their drummer's a, a boy, but. 
I could be convinced otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, undis- it's indiscernible <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, but no, they're they're kind of a little math rock band, and they. Uh, I mean, it's it's fun. It's kind of different. They've got a song called Melon Soda that's a lot of fun. And I don't know. I, I learned kind of after watching this. I, I Literally, I saw this video get posted by Audio Tree, and it was like the first hour that it had been posted. So I saw it really, really soon after they posted. But yeah. it, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's If you can get past the fact that you just have no idea what she's saying because she's singing pretty much exclusively in Japanese, yeah. the guitar work's pretty fun. It's all like, you know, like a Telecaster and a Strat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the bass player's actually really in-depth and they do a lot of like time signature kind of stuff and just you know, weird stuff like that. Not super technical guitar playing, mm-hmm. but I mean, weird timing stuff. So it's at least more musically interesting than just like not a bad. lot of J pop stuff. <laughs> um, but I, no, I don't know. It, it's kind of fun and mm-hmm. it, it's still really happy. Like it's, it still follows that J pop kind of sickeningly sweet kind of feeling sometimes. <laughs> I'm with you on the like, sickening part. Yeah, no, some some J-pop stuff can be like super saccharine, like, oh, I got a cavity. I can't believe this is so sweet. <laughs> um, but but it's still really fun. And I was, I was actually really surprised at how just kind of fun yeah. some of their songs were and stuff like that. So I I would definitely recommend at least going to like watch that video and um, the the song Melon Soda is off their most recent album, which I think is just called Three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're super fun. Nice, Parker. That's me. Uh, <laughs> I, this guy, have been listening to. Um, I, I don't know when it comes out, but Punch Brothers has a new album coming out. Yeah, uh, it comes out July twentieth. That's really soon. <laughs> so I've been listening to the two songs they put out so far. Um, it's all part of the plan. Was the first one. There's videos for both of them doing it live, and they're, you know, bluegrass-based, and so it's just them around one omni-condenser mic, and it sounds fan-flippin-tastic. The recorded (laughs) version is different than that, and so, I mean, that's also fine, Mm -hmm. Um, but the live one is obviously very, like, fluid and stuff, Um, but it's good. So there's two songs so far, It's All Part of the Plan, and Three Dots and a Dash, or Three Dashes and a Dot, I don't remember. I think Three Dots and a Dash. Um... And so the first, the, uh, it's all part of the plan has singing and stuff, whereas the other one's instrumental and it's is it actually spelt out like three dots and a dash spelled, or is yes. it Morse code? It's the word three dots. And Does anyone know what three dash. dots and a dash means in Morse code? Not off the top of my head, but I, I can don't. Google it. Uh, no, cool. I think Just it means no. <laughs> it means no. No means I, no. I actually have no idea. Um, but that feels like that could be right. That seems short enough that it could be no. A, yeah, no, because SOS is whatever. Doesn't matter. Morse code's not always uniform. Ah, oh, interesting. Hi, welcome to Morse Corner. The old Morse Corner. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, it's it's just really good. Punch Brothers, as we've talked about before, is amazing. And it's very like technical bluegrass kind of thing, but very pretty at the same time. It's still very listenable. It's yeah, and it's not kind of abrasive like some bluegrass could be to some folks it's yeah. it, 
yeah, again, pretty, I feel like is a good... It's a really good introduction into that genre if you're trying to get into bluegrass. Yep. Um, or if you're not trying to get into it and you exactly. just like, I don't know, other kinds of music, then yeah. that's cool too. I'm not a bluegrass fan in particular, but mm-hmm. I love this band. Yep. So I'm very, very excited about going to see them on July 21st, which hey, is how I knew that their the record comes out. The day their album comes out after. The day after, yeah. So is what hopefully I'll say. be able to pick up a copy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get it signed. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe I'll take that Is mandolin. It at, um, the Ryman? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I really hope they do the whole show just standing out around one condenser mic. That would be A lot of times tremendous. they do, but I guess it depends just what songs they play as well. Cause mm-hmm. there's some, um, like whenever they play familiarity, I think they do more complicated setup because yeah. they have like kind of a drum half set thing and yeah. other stuff. But yeah. Either way, case, should be a good I'll show. I'll be very excited to hear all about I'll that. I'll take lots of pics. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys want to get into our topic? Uh, where are we talking about this week? We were talking about core, or mm. not chord changes, but interesting chord uh, progressions. Chord progressions, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what is chord progressions? Mm. I'm wondering. How do chord progressions? Why? I, I only ask because I I've, uh, recently, I've recently gotten some feedback from some people that are like, you know, I like the show, uh, but sometimes when you guys introduce a topic, I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And I'm like, Valid. all right. So I thought this would be a really good episode to kind of introduce people to a little more of the theory side of stuff. Totally. And yeah. really just like, if you know all about it, just feel really good about yourself for a yeah, couple minutes. Totally. And if you don't, then you'll soon feel really good about yourself for knowing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess a chord progression is kind of hard to explain. So we'll have Parker here play you a chord progression. Yeah. So there are chords, which is multiple notes at the same time that all go together. And a chord progression is typically you're, you don't technically have to repeat anything. Um, usually that's what's being referred to is that you'd play a set of maybe four chords in a row. So, but so the it's just progressing from one chord into another. But usually, yeah, it's kind of blocked off in it's little... sort of a cyclical thing where you're doing a cycle of like four chords in a row. And so your chord progression, you know, like uh, a lot of popular music uses the one, four, five, one, four, six... Five. One, Sometimes six, six five but, four. Yeah. You know, uh, these, there are very common chord progressions that are used very frequently in pop music. And there's a there's a video by the Axis of Awesome, I think. That yes, they oh, just man. go through yeah. all four these songs song. with one six five four up. chord progressions. Yeah, uh, kind of talking about in 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 general in the most general chord progression speak. Uh, yeah, the the Axis of Awesome. They do a lot of videos that kind of or a lot of songs, rather, that play on the tropes that you mm-hmm. normally hear in music, and they have the four-chord song, which yeah. is literally just a medley of all those most popular songs that you hear that follow that exact same chord progression, mm-hmm. which is like And what? some that technically don't quite, but they shoehorn in anyway, well, and yeah. still work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is just fun, because, exactly. yeah. you know, it, yeah, you just know. It's like, well, they. I mean, they have a passing tone yeah. here, mm-hmm. and so it's not quite that, but... Yeah. yeah so, know. and I think, you know, what's... A little bit. It's pretty easy to define. I think what a chord progression is, insofar as you know, chords and again, probably cyclical, but uh, several chords following each other. Um, but I think what'll be a little bit harder to define is like why some of them are cool and why some aren't. And mm-hmm. I think some of that, and I mean, we'll get into it with examples, but is it just breaking the norm of mm-hmm. what we're used to hearing more yeah. often, mm-hmm. um, or just doing something? I mean, 
breaking the norm of what we hear more often, but also something cool, kind of like when we talked about drum parts, where there might be something where they're they're doing something specific that's mathy, you know, like mm-hmm. they're doing something once and then twice and then three times and then four times, you know, that's just yeah. It's a neat concept as well as being implemented mm-hmm. well. So there's some chord stuff so, that does a bit of that as well. I think one of the easiest ways to kind of break down what you might hear in a popular song, like a normal chord progression, is when you have the the your root chord, which is kind of where you start. It's uh, oftentimes it's the I consider it the happy place, the home place. <laughs> it's the it's the resolution. So yep, play us that. So was it a C major yep, chord? It's yep. just a C major. So and then then we move on well, to the. Well, it's not really a C yeah, major because you're. I got a capo. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a capo on it, but yeah. um, whatever the fifth of the C J major F. would be. Or no F, yeah. So then you would move to the four. In this case, would be an F major chord, right? Well, and a B flat major chord. B we'll just pretend major. I don't have a capo. Whatever. I'm being a terrible person because I can. Right, and then so that middle chord there in in any like typical pop song is kind of the moving away from the home a little bit and then depending on the song maybe you'll move right back to the home or maybe you'll move a little further away from home to that almost resolution there that 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 bit that is not quite resolved but you've like your your heart and your brain are telling you that the next note needs to be that resolution again right yep and obviously, you can get a lot more evolved than that. Most songs do, but that's the very basic, you know, principle of a chord progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of pop songs use nothing but those three chords right there, in different keys or different fashions, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're more interested in talking about tonight is songs that don't do that, like yeah. you said, Parker. Break <laughs> yep. away from the norm a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's. I mean, something to also point out that that may be fairly obvious, but within a key, there's. Um, so like in playing in that key, there's notes that fit in it normally, and then I mean within the diatonic scale, yeah, which whatever doesn't matter. Seven chords. There's yeah, and there's seven notes that are in that scale by default, and you can break away from that and use some notes that aren't in that scale. But that would be when you're starting to get into slightly more foreign territory. So most pop songs that you hear, the majority of them are just using those seven notes and chords that are based mm-hmm. off of those as well. And so mm-hmm. if you took, and actually I'll go ahead and start with my first example. Um, uh, just cause I think it's a fairly good example of this. And it's actually why I had the guitar here in the first place, cause I'm going to give it, the melody is really simple and the chords that it's using are interesting and have some non chord or non, uh, diatonic notes in there. So they're not technically in the scale and they add some flavor to it. Um, but you can also play it without those and in, with different chords and it just sound really normal and kind of boring, but the way they do it sounds a lot cooler. So this is an, an artist, uh, called Telepop Music. I think they're technically French, so that would be the way to say it, but otherwise just Telepop Music, but yeah. spelled kind of odd. Um, sort of in the Imogen Heap kind of vein mm-hmm. somewhat, but, uh, this song is Don't Look Back. So this is kind of the pre-chorus and the chorus. This thing we got called love Just searching for the perfect job And love comes calling Don't look back And love comes calling Don't look away And love comes calling Don't look back 
so there was a song right there. Um, <laughs> the mm-hmm. and it, it sounded, I mean, you know, kind of minor and sad, sort of as it as the tone of the song anyway. But um, most of the time, songs will use minor chords and major chords and combine them together, and still can you can have a sad feeling mm-hmm. or whatever, kind of get that tone across with a mixture of those. But the chords that were all used here were actually all minor chords that a lot of them aren't technically in that scale. So um, so the actual chord progression is, let me get it right. So it's D minor, something along these lines. I kind of had to sort of guess at it, but something within the vein of D minor seven. Uh, again, I'll get into it more later. D minor seven, A minor flat nine, C minor flat seven or sorry it wasn't a minor flat nine it was a minor nine uh minor flat seven and g minor add nine doesn't really matter ignore all that stuff but (laughs) the so the melody was and for the next chord if you wanted it to be normal you could just go and then and that's like, there you go. That's Sounds some normal chords. Very Western. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But so what they do instead is that first, so the first chord is the same. Dun, 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 dun. Don't look. And instead of playing that G, it's um, G and E minor share a lot of the same things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it plays an E minor with a note. That one right there is not technically in the key because the, mm-hmm. the key is... And that one's not in there. So when love comes calling, don't look back. Well, it's kind of like they do the the harmonic minor yeah. there right. for that one yeah. chord. It's, that doesn't matter at all. I'm just well. Actually, the harmonic minor. Well, uh, I think it would be go, it would it's going to an E major yeah, 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 instead yeah, no. of an well. E- you could say well then the melodic minor oh that's probably, right because the melodic minor yeah. depending on which way has two any yeah yeah it's the six and the seven yeah yeah you're right anyway um, it so, doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah so sometimes E minor and G can be kind of traded out for each other the interesting the most interesting one is the next one to me um, which is so again when love comes calling don't look back when love comes calling. Which before we were going, love comes calling. Yeah. And which is very like resolved, whereas this one is very tense. Yeah, it's, it's very tense. And yeah. again, it's a very minor chord. Don't look away. So again, the whole thing is when love comes calling, don't look back. When love comes calling, don't look away. But the melody itself is pretty bland and not bland <laughs> but like just straightforward and nothing super odd going on with it well, i mean when you have complicated things that are happening under you yeah, yeah exactly. sometimes <laughs> simplifying one of the parts uh-huh. sounds nice because it's something to kind of grasp onto yeah I want, yeah speaking of that not to get too off topic but i wanted to kind of talk about that is mm-hmm. when does when does the complexity of the melody or the chord progression or maybe both overwrite what like step Could, on each other's toes. Yeah, like when, when does it stop being a a good song and just focus more on being a technically proficient or unique song? Yeah, um, that's something that as a songwriter myself, I tend to struggle with a lot. Is you know, I I don't 
necessarily always want to stick to majors and minors and yeah. the the basics. But if I have what I think is a good melody, you know, I I I'm always more focused on that melody mm-hmm. being unique than the chord progression. Hmm. Um, so, and I know some people are different. And of course, as like a semi okay guitarist, mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with every you know chord po- possible chord that you could use out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not interested enough in the theory behind it to formulate that when I'm writing a song. Now, some people are. So, I wanted to get you guys' opinions. Like, yeah. is that when is that important, if at all? And like, would that be as good of a song if it was doing the, I guess, simpler version right. that you were talking about? Yeah. Well, I'm, I personally would not be as interested in that song if it yep. was just doing what is like the expected core versions. It wouldn't be nearly as interesting or engaging as a song. Mm-hmm. I think kind of what you're getting into when you're talking about like, well, I really like this melody. I don't care enough to like make interesting chords underneath it. That's that's a really good opportunity to get you a friend that mm-hmm. really likes weird chord progressions <laughs> and understands theory enough to like, maybe if they want to, to actually like transcribe what you're singing mm-hmm. as a melody and look at the notes that it contains and the notes where they sit and can formulate chord progressions that will complement the notes that you're singing in that mm-hmm. melody to actually like still contain those notes and maybe not have, cause when you're talking about getting a chord progression that's outside of the key, it's really easy yeah. to make it sound really horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and, and find and, chords where it's like, those notes are technically in there, but like... And, yeah. and really, honestly, you can do the same thing with you know, like staying completely in the key, completely diatonically. You can That person sitting on the five of the scale and you all are playing a four chord underneath it and yeah. it doesn't sound good. And that happens all the time in worship music. Yeah. Where <laughs> I've got somebody up on stage who's like... Uh, okay, this is like the melody that I'm singing right now, and I actually want us to go to the five here. I know the recording goes to the four, and I'm over here in the corner going, can we not? (laughs) Because your vocal sounds terrible over that chord. Like, and and I'm not trying to to be a square, but like, there are some notes that are going to clash with certain chords, and and that's where you can start to sort of like, this chord is going to complement your vocals more than another chord, even if it's completely within the keys that we're used to yeah. in Western music. And I, I think that's what that's what happens with jazz all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. is you've got a really engaging melody line, and probably the pianist has figured out, we can play these like super buck wild chords underneath it, <laughs> yeah. and it's it, but it's all still notes that are in the or it like at yeah. least one of the notes is still mm-hmm. the melody line, and so it still technically fits. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not a one four five chord progression or mm-hmm. something like that. I feel know? like melody should always. I mean, well, there's there's no hard and fast rules, but I would say melody almost always would take precedence of it being like just the correct melody of Mm. whatever it is that you'd want to do. Not necessarily like whether it's interesting or simple, it just being like what you want to evoke. And then the color, I mean, the chords are just the color Mm. of that. So, you You know, again, if she was just, yeah, if in that song it was just, (laughs) it just feels like the colors aren't interesting Hmm. As far as, um, I mean, it, it would sound like a pop song. Yeah, and it doesn't give the like emotions that I think are trying to be evoked from there. So it just feel kind of incomplete. Um, and 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 I think too, chords being odd and interesting if they sounds, uh, if they sound you know right with what's going on, cohesive. Also, hmm. yeah, you you wouldn't necessarily. It's not abrasive at the same time. Like that song I first heard 
that song when I was like 14 probably. And I've listened to it, you know, every couple of months or years or whatever since then at some given point in time. And I never really paid attention to the fact that the chords were that weird. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I did at the beginning and then forgot about it. And then more recently, like realized. Um, so I think that's, you know, that speaks to something that it's catchy as a melody. Even yeah. It's simple. But then the chords are kind of supplementing that with the, with the right kind of feel or, you know, mm-hmm. tone, uh, something like that. Well, let know. me ask you this. When you're sitting down to write a song, which comes first, the the melody or the chord progression? And I mean, because the problem that I find myself facing a lot is that I'll sit down to write a song and I'll have an idea for a melody, but then I go to write the chord progression and it's not it's not sitting with the melody the way that I want it to. So then I try to change the melody a little bit to match the chord progression. But then I constantly run into this problem of which one should be taking precedence here because I don't want that Mm. bland been done a million times chord progression. But at the same time, like in order to fit the original melody that I had in my mind, maybe it's just that I'm not creative, creative enough to come up with something more colorful, but I just wonder how other people take that approach. Like, yeah. what, do you sit down and think, okay, well, you know, like, hmm, what, you know, what if we went from the dominant to like the seventh here or something like that and just went completely wacky with it or just went crazy? I don't know. Or is the melody that you originally intended to come up with, the vocal part, the lead guitar, the whatever, more important than what sits behind it? I think I'll answer a slightly different way. So, distinguishing between chords and chord functions. Um, and for anybody who that doesn't specifically make sense, the chord function is when we talked about it in that song too, um, that G and E minor can kind of be used in the same way over the same notes in a lot of regards. Because they share a lot of the same yes. structure. Yeah, so they're, they're doing a lot of similar things. So I think chord function kind of... I don't think about chord function first at all. So like, I'm going to go from the dominant to the something or whatever. Like that's not so much what I would think about, but I would almost always come up with some kind of melody first, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the singing melody. Sometimes it's the melody within the chords. So there's a song uh, of mine called sinking ship and the guitar part is just, And so that, like, it's a pretty boring melody by itself, but that's, you I know. I think it's pretty. A, well, thanks. I, boring. I, I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Got him. You really razzed yeah. him with that. Uh, <laughs> what a funny human. Um, all cylinders tonight. But, but yeah, so in, in that, I, I frankly don't remember what I wrote first in that song, but I think part of that is that that guitar part, is still a melody, but it's just, you know, it's not the a counter same melody. melody. Yeah, right. exactly. So I, I think some melody always would come before a chord function. Um, again, in that way, because there's something somewhat interesting going on, like a hook, quote unquote, yeah. or a know. riff. Yeah. Which is the most important part of a song to me. Always forever. Yeah. Some kind of hook. Yeah. It's gotta, it's gotta be catchy. Yep. A song to me is not good enough if it's not, if it doesn't hook you in within the first 30 seconds. That's, I mean, I know that's a pretty hard stance. <laughs> like that's, that's a 30, pretty, 30 seconds is pretty short. It's a pretty I mean, cut I mean, and dry philosophy, but that's how I feel. That's how I've always yeah. felt about music. Like yeah. I, it, it, and it doesn't have anything to do with the melody or the chord progression, mm-hmm. just some aspects, some element of the I song mean, has to be catchy. And there's, there's truth to that too, because a hook doesn't always have to be 
So, I mean, a hook is just something that hooks you in. Yeah. But a lot of people might think that it's just that one phrase at the end of a country chorus that's mm-hmm. like, you know, and that's why she got bangs. Yeah, right. You know, like... That's, I mean, yes, that that would be. Can we get more of that? Can we get more of that song? Uh, And that's why she got hair. So it's all about (laughs) hair, really. Um, It's uh, It's a very hairy song. Yeah. Eventually she gets a mullet. That's not the best situation. It's, and that's why she got a mullet. Um, Song goes to halftime. Sad bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, but that said, I think there's. We in one of my in a songwriting class that I took, um, we listened to Justin Timberlake um, bringing "Sexy" back, mm-hmm. and it just boom, doom, which is that already? That's a hook. And then also, there's every once in a while, there's a guy that goes, yeah, 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 and like that's also a hook. But those aren't things that like when you're writing songs, you could think of those as hooks. But general listeners would just think of those as like, ah, this is a part of the thing. Like that's not that's not a hook. But yeah, it's kind of no, it is. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I, mean, I think you got a point. I would have to analyze more things. I think to think about that because especially through composed stuff where it's like it keeps changing and changing yeah. and changing and it never you know, repeats anything. Right? Is is there a hook there? Arguably, no. But at the same time, it's maybe more the style is some kind of a hook. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, yeah. getting well, into foreign territory. I think that just looks like what you're looking for in a song. That's mm-hmm. it, to be like I listen to a, a ton of post rock and instrumental stuff. I literally listened to the entirety of an uh, eight or nine minute song last night as I was driving home, and the li- like got about two minutes into it and was like, "Man, I hope this gets interesting at some point." <laughs> oh yeah, and no, it honestly. Never did. <laughs> but well, I listened to all nine minutes of that song, and eventually it was like. But if it that got interesting really in the bad. first 30 but, seconds. But <laughs> that's, yeah. that no, but might yeah. be the one, well, one of the few exceptions is yeah. that post-rock, the hooks normally lie in the progression of a song, yeah. where it goes, how it builds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a song that I discovered kind of recently. Uh, what is it called? I want to say it's called 1999 or something like that. Or 1988. Oh. No, it's not I'm Taylor Swift. Uh, it's by a band called a Peace. Joke, and they're kind of <laughs> like a... They're like a post-rock meets Pink Floyd kind of band, but like I listened to this one song by them. It's off their first EP. It's a full 10 minutes. Like it's over 10 minutes long. The first minute of the song is pretty much silence with some just Mm. backing like synth going on, building up. The song doesn't really progress until four minutes in, but then it gets super hooky and it gets like very catchy and like this super cool drum beat and like, you know, whatever. So maybe I'll I'll take an exception for that, but I guess more to my point is that if a song is following the same four chord progression without doing anything, it better have a really good <laughs> vocal hook. Yeah. Be it the lyrics uh, that are relatable to me, or the the the, the vocals themselves, like yeah. how they're singing, the harmonies. Anything can be a hook, but yeah, yeah, it's hmm. and it's easy to write a hook, but yeah, yeah I, that. That's just never something I've I've necessarily cared about, um, and and this is for sure getting into just like random territory of like what Chad <laughs> listens to in music, because um, yeah. like the vocals most of the time just don't really occur to me that much as much as a guitar part or an interesting instrumental part is going mm-hmm. to, um, but I as a, usually for me when I'm writing songs I. I start, and this is going back to kind of your initial question, um, is 
if you have a melody that you really like and that's something that you like wrote first to begin with, mm-hmm. then that's probably the thing that's going to take precedence. Yep, sure. Because for me, the part that I'm going to write first is a guitar part or like a riff or, you know, like I, I want a certain something like what be it a, ton- a tonality or a feeling out of a guitar part or mm-hmm. or whatever instrument it ends up being and that's that's the part that's going to take precedence and sort of guide a lot of decisions that come after that mm-hmm. if you have a melody that you're like i really like this melody and i want to make something then i don't think changing the melody to fit a chord progression makes a whole lot of sense yeah. to me mm-hmm. yeah to me because yeah. because corporate i mean like kind of like what i mentioned beforehand is like chord progressions can be changed to fit whatever melody you want to yeah. they can be made to fit things. If you have to go outside the key a little bit to draw in some other things, like that's that's one thing. It can be made to sound natural. It doesn't have to be like, oh, that sounded weird and mm-hmm. didn't really fit. There are ways to make it really interesting, and that's I'll talk about this song. Um, <laughs> it's an Andrew Bird song that honestly, like I, I've heard this song a million times and never really realized how buck wild the chord progression was <laughs> because he just makes it sounds so normal like he's doing all kinds of crazy things but it just sounds like a song that he's singing and it's got some like jazzy influence it sounds a little bit bossa nova-y at some points just because of like the drum beat and kind of the tonality of a lot of what he's doing like he's a violin player he's very classically trained but i don't think he set out to like make a weird sounding song Mm -hmm. like he just decided that like this is this is what sounds good to me right now this is the chord progression that i'm going to use this is the melody i have and to make it fit in this section of the song i'm going to use this chord progression and so i'm gonna pull i'm gonna go ahead and let us listen to uh master swarm by andrew bird So yeah, that that's technically from kind of the end of the song. It sort of goes in a lot of different places, and honestly, like the main verses and the chorus sections are all completely different as far as <laughs> chords go. Like he starts the whole thing kind of in this uh, very E minory kind, and then it just goes to a completely different place. Uh, yeah. And because he'll he he uses the the one the G chord a lot there too. And he'll kind of like lower the bass a little bit, but keep the the top chord over it so it sounds a little bit different. And then he'll just keep kind of moving downwards into these new chords, um, which all sounds really natural when you're playing it. But when you're thinking about it from like a theoretical perspective and and thinking about playing something else on top of it, it gets into a very weird territory of like how how do I function over this? Um, yep. But the end particular, he does a somewhat almost mathematical kind of rotation mm-hmm. around a melody that he's playing or singing rather. Um, so it starts out on um, what could be argued as a couple of different chords, <laughs> because in this whole discussion hmm. is the com- the concept that chords are kind of relative. Right. And you can kind of call most chords a couple. They're usually cousins. You can kind of call some chords one or two different things. 
Um, sometimes one person's A minor 7 is going to be somebody else's F major over A, mm-hmm. which is just an inversion. Like, it's just the first inversion of F. But inversion for just <laughs> uh, an inversion yeah. is if you play the same t- notes, but one of them might be lower than the other. So like boom, 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 or boom, 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 boom. So instead so of boom, 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 if you had like an A major yeah. and you wanted to play the second inversion, which would have the fifth of that chord, the E in the root. Yeah. So instead it's just kind of... Uh, Stacking the bricks in a slightly different order, but it's the same bricks, <laughs> essentially. <rough>. Yep. <laughs> That's a really uh, good I analogy. Did... Same bricks, different order. Yeah. So there you go. It's it's really easy to see on a piano mm-hmm. or a keyboard or whatever. Uh, it's a little bit harder on other instruments, but not too much. Killing anyway, it. You're yeah. Doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the ding ding thing. Uh, <laughs> But so the kind of the first chords in this progression uh, sits either around kind of a, a B flat or you can kind of think about it as like a D minor sort of feel too, um, mm-hmm. uh, which can be very similar chords because, again, they, they kind of are like G and E minor. They share a lot of similar notes in the construction of the chord. So if you have a D minor 7, you're actually really close to a B flat just mm-hmm. with a different note in the bass yeah um and so he does this kind of rotation of of d minor uh going to f which would be kind of like the one chord in that rotation but then he does an f flat five so from d minor to f to f flat five pretty which is a really gross sounding (laughs) chord but when you listen to the example it doesn't sound gross it just sounds like something he's playing uh to a which is not a chord in the yeah. key at all because you're playing an A, ma- a major uh, from the key of F, which would should be an A minor mm-hmm. in that key. Uh, so he sits on that A, but then not only that, but then after that, in the next little rotation of this pattern mm-hmm. that he's created, he goes from an A major to an A minor, uh, going to the uh, G chord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, and then the G flat five. And then a B major. Mm-hmm. And then a B minor. And then a B minor. <laughs> and then an A major. And then an A flat five, uh, which I'm going to move my position. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually sits on that C sharp major. Yeah. Which when I play all those chords in a row, it's like, how could you possibly make a song that that doesn't sound horribly awkward in? Yep. But he just did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it's, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's. I mean, he gets to a certain... Uh, it's kind of... If you know where you want the melody to end up, you can kind of bridge the gap there a little bit too. So I, I wonder if he did write the melody first or, I mean, I feel like he kind of must have or whatever. And he got to a certain point where he landed on that A and he was like, it doesn't really feel natural to go back to the D minor, do something weird uh, or the B flat mm-hmm. or whatever it ends yeah, up being. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to an A minor here. And then that rotation happens again. And then he's landed up you know, whole note higher. Now he's on a B and he's like, I'll just go to B minor, I guess. And then kind of keep it going. Like you could yeah. perpetually yeah. keep that modulation going. Mm-hmm. Cause if you notice the whole time, mm-hmm. um, looking at a guitar, it's a lot easier to notice, but the whole thing just kind of moves up and moves mm-hmm. up and moves up. Yep. Yep. It's sort of a rotation that, and I keep saying the word rotation. Uh, you could think of it as like, this is the same progression that's just sort of changing the keys in which it's happening. Mm-hmm. In. Mm-hmm. It's like going one, three, two, four, two, five, three, five, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Just kind of keep moving, <laughs> moving the whole upwards. thing up. I think we need to, we need to like 
take a moment to appreciate where all this kind of stuff comes from. I mean, all of this this like a seemingly random chord progression stuff Jesus. comes straight from from <laughs> Jesus, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> He gave us chord progressions, and we should be thankful. It comes from jazz. Agreed. I mean, <laughs> jazz yeah, is yeah. yeah, like that's on, that's oh, what on jazz a musical is. level where it comes from. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, go back and listen to anything from the 1920s to the 1950s, and that's what it. That's what a jazz band was. It's just kind of more or less making it up as you go along, and that's what my second example is from that I'll talk about later. Um, but I, I sometimes listen to a song that progresses in a bizarre way like that, and I think. How much theory was really involved here? Or is this just a guitarist, a songwriter who knows how to play a lot of chords? Yeah. And just yeah. thought, you know, and, and, and another thing, especially that you hear in that song, is that the, the vocal melody is kind of sporadic. It doesn't, it also doesn't follow any conventions. It's not, you know, it's not staying really within a scale. And it's kind of, it's not going along with the chord progression. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just, you know, Andrew Bird singing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it and it just happens to sound good because he's a great musician. Mm-hmm. And some some of those chords that you hear in there may not sound good on their own. Like that what was the the, 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 uh, the like the, F, any F of the minor flat seven five chords because yeah, they F always just five. sound like. Yeah, those don't sound good on their own, but because they're so fleeting in the song and they so quickly move on to the next one, your brain doesn't really have time to process like, ooh, wait, what was that? Was that a mistake? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. kind of just feels like a natural part of the song, especially when it goes to a, like, not a resolution, but a, a, no, a but more relative chord. very quickly. I mean, into, yeah. you know, something. It might like resolve that. into a different key, but it, there is that resolution there that, that goes along with the vocal melody. So you're never really lost within the song, It you know. Even though it's it is all over the place, it's still grounded. So mm-hmm. I'll talk more about that later in my yeah. second thing. But for my first one, I wanted to pick an example that I really enjoy that I have to give a lot of cred to because um, I really like this band. Uh, I grew up with this band, uh, especially coming from a surf rock background. It's the Beach Boys, um, they were a huge inspiration on me and my guitar playing, especially. I think Brian Wilson is a tremendous songwriter, mm-hmm. and he wrote Pet Sounds. And that's where uh, my he just wrote the concept that pets would make sounds. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you have never heard of Copyright the album pending. Pet Sounds, I feel very sorry for you. Uh, if you've never actually sat down and listened to Pet Sounds, please go listen to it, especially if you're into anything related to producing or audio engineering. This is a landmark record in the the evolution of recording albums. Um, it's technically. I mean, for its time, it was the most expensive album ever recorded for a long time. Uh, but for its time, it's nearly perfect. It is a perfect record <laughs> in every notable aspect, uh, it, every every level, every sound. Most of the songs are, you know, pretty catchy, uh, and it's a complete departure from the Beach Boys' previous material. Um, uh, you know, Paul McCartney gives credit to this record for writing Sgt. Pepper's, you know, which is like, you know, obviously everyone's favorite concept album. But this was really the first concept album. But I wanted to play two little samples from this record. The one is the opening track, which literally starts off in one key uh, with like a nice soft guitar melody. And then as soon as the drums come in, we just out of nowhere skip to an entirely different key. And it sounds perfectly natural. And I, I, I always really enjoyed that. And it's something that I didn't really pick up on until I started to get into theory. But this is a Wouldn't It Be Nice.
left turn that yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, I, I will I will preface this by saying I have not listened to all of Pet Sounds because I'm a terrible recording industry major. <laughs> but I... It's it's so funny and stuff like that because I said this while it was happening, but it it almost works because it doesn't work so much. Like it it, it is such a left turn into mm-hmm. just like, but you weren't expecting this, and and that's fine. I I kind of love that to an extent, and and it sort of gets into this idea of like, as long as you act enough like it's supposed to fit, yeah. it does. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It's almost, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no no, you go. I was just gonna no, say it's almost go. like. <laughs> It's almost like um, the effect of, oh, somebody's playing a song over there. Okay, cool. Good for you. Shut up. And then, like, they just burst in with their song, and it's this effect of just, like, completely overriding whatever the radio was just playing for this live band to now just start a completely different song. Yep. And I I don't know what the... The chord is that that lead guitar is doing right up front. Like, at, like as soon as that snare hits, that's when the chord changes and it moves a half a step down into the the chord that you know starts the actual key of the song. Uh, I have no idea what that chord is. I don't know how Brian Wilson did that, <laughs> yeah. and I've I've done a little bit of research, but like not enough to. And I'm sure there's tabs out there, but it I don't know. Part of the mystery, the appeal to me is like the mystery behind that. It's like yeah. wait. How did how did he do that? Like yeah. kind of like a yeah. George Harrison's first chord on Hard Day's Night, you know, just that bizarre. I I know what it is, but it skips me now. But like it's a, it's kind of another one of those examples. Yeah. It's just like a super strange guitar hit. It's like not a resolved chord at all, and then it goes into Hard Day's Night. But yeah, this is the opening track off of Pet Sounds, and it's it's arguably the most popular song on the album. I mean, everyone's heard it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and it's just one of those things that. It feels so natural because it doesn't feel natural at all. And I think it's also kind of an inside joke that it's like, you know, <laughs> such a departure from anything that the Beach Boys had, or any band yeah. really had ever previously <laughs> yeah. done. This wasn't something that was attempted in mainstream music because mainstream pop music is, it was the same way that it is today. It doesn't take risks, I yeah. mean, for the most part. And that is a total risk to just, you know, uh, you get that. That first little guitar is typical Beach Boys sound. That's what you expect to hear out of a Beach Boys song, and then they just yeah. completely uh, subvert your expectations. Yep. And then uh, the the other little bit on here, uh, I couldn't not mention it because it is my favorite chord progression ever. Uh, I absolutely love this chord progression. I love everything that Brian Wilson did with the song, and it's one of those that it's the song that I constantly try to write because um, I think the vocal melody sits in with this strange odd chord progression so well i've never heard a song do it better and and make it sound more flawless and like this song couldn't have been written a different way you know like we've talked about some music it's like yeah they could have used this chord but they went with this one instead this is a god only knows which is my favorite song (laughs) off the record uh it's absolutely incredible just listen to some of the key changes this song has multiple key changes multiple chord changes and it's it's strange, uh, but it's not strange at all because it's so beautiful and flawless. So we'll play this one. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. Yeah, and that's just that's the first verse into the first little bit of the chorus. Uh, there's it, it goes a whole bunch of different directions after that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, part of what 
um, really I, I enjoy about that song is the bass line uh, because it kind of does those like it hits the root note, but then it jumps up to like the fourth or the fifth. Uh, so it doesn't stay comfortable in that root zone. Uh, but it always like lets you know that that's where we're at. Like the bass is what really establishes the the, the grounding of that song. But then everything else kind of just jumps back and forth around it. Um but yeah, that's just one of those chord progressions that sits so nicely with the vocal melody that, I mean, you couldn't really imagine it any way, any other way. And that's what I was saying earlier is that's where I get stuck in trying to like, mm. I want to write a good vocal melody, but I want the chord progression to fit so well on top of it. But I don't want the same four chord progression yeah. that everyone uses. I don't want the one, four, five. I want to do something like that. Um, uh, but it's it's just so controlled. Uh, and the, the next one that I'll talk about a little bit later is so uncontrolled. But <laughs> I wanted to give a couple good examples of yep. nice fun stuff i think two thoughts one to your last point chad's point earlier that was a lot of, <laughs> of um i mean just collaborating i think is really helpful for that kind of thing mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you know even even kind of correcting quote-unquote melody lines and helping them smooth out a little bit the rough edges uh is helpful to have multiple people to do that but typically the melody lines aren't the things that have the most issue it's more mm-hmm. the structure around that and where it goes and the chords, how they fit in. But being able to hear a different take from the outside is, I think, is helpful. Um, So yeah, I think definitely collaborating is helpful there. The other thing is that, like you said, Matt, the mystery of weird chord progressions (laughs) is something that like, it it pains me a little bit to analyze things because Mm -hmm. then I'm analyzing it and not just enjoying it. Like there's something, one of these songs um, that um, we might not, I might not have time to talk about today, but when I get to my, whatever, um, <laughs> it's, it's got just a chord progression that it's a short little, actually, you know what, here, I'll go do it really fast and we're just not going to dive into it very much, but this is a bit from, um, a protest the hero song, God nice. is bound. Um, and it's just <laughs> a chord progression. A <laughs> I, I like protest a lot. Yeah, though. they're great. So <laughs> it's, it's just a section where all of a sudden it, it I, don't, I won't even preface it. Here we go. It sounds like this. So yeah. it was the part, that hopefully it was, was yes, <laughs> it hopefully was fairly obvious where that was, but that's something the first time I heard that I was like, Oh man, that was, it's just so good. Um, if I can remember the chords right, it's, um, so it's actually going from, so E flat minor, um, it's everywhere, it's everywhere, it's everything, it's everywhere, it's everywhere, it's going from the minor chord in that key, just kind of the sixth chord in, in that sense, to the one chord, but a minor version of it instead, which a lot of times, and my next example after the break that we're going to talk to or talk about, uh, does a little bit more of this. The, the normal thing is to play the major chord and to play the four and the five yeah. of that, mm-hmm. of the minor equivalent. So like if I were to go... That's like a normal chord progression that everything's in the sure. same key. But if I go, it sounds very epic. It's kind of a pickerty third kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, getting a little bit technical there. But this does the opposite of that, which I think is really interesting, is it's going from the minor key to playing the the rel- or the 
the parallel minor of the relative major chord or whatever, um, which again is a lot of words. And <laughs> but the the biggest point of all that is I thought that thing was so awesome for so long, and I still do. I think I still think it sounds really cool. Just that progression there. But understanding it takes just a little bit of joy away from yeah. experiencing how just kind of weird and wacky it is. I don't know. There's there's a fine line with that because I I, I felt that way for a little bit about Andrew Bird's Master Swarm. Yeah. Because I listened to that song for years and then I don't even know why I sat down to like <laughs> actually look at the chord progression of it. I think... Because it's got a really amazing violin part over it. And I guess maybe I was just like, I wonder what this song's doing. And then like actually sat down and was like, this took me an hour and a half of like listening to this song over and over and over again. And like sitting with my guitar and like trying to figure out the bass lines and, and how they fit into everything. And and for a while it was like, well, now I understand that song. So like, is it really mad? Mm. But I've kind of come yeah. full circle on it yep. where now it's like. No, it's just amazing that yep. he was able to write a song that is so crazy as far as chord progressions go, and it sounds so natural. Well, mm-hmm. I think there's some of that where if if it was obviously there was an extra little twinge of intellect behind it too that helps yeah. it to justify it, you know, being what it is. Whereas if it's something that just sounds really crazy, but it turned but they out they kind of lucked they into it. They didn't know what yeah. they were doing. It's just a sort of happenstance thing. And we, we can't know intentions, but there's a fine, you're right. There's just yeah. a fine line there of uh, it take of removing the mystery or kind of taking away the mystery, but just adding, you know, substance behind mm-hmm. it or something. Well, it's, it's, it's very similar to something like literature where, yeah, you can analyze any novel all day long or really anything you can mm-hmm. analyze whatever you want. Some things aren't worth analyzing, you know? I mean, some people are going to find things in a song that other people just aren't. The songwriter may or may not have meant to do everything that they did in that song, but that doesn't stop people like us from going and (laughs) doing a deep dive into it and saying like, oh, it's very clever how they pull. Like, in the studio, I mean, I've done that. I've I've done things that are just like, this is is wacky. This is just what works. Yeah, Yeah. I I like this, so I'm gonna do this, and you know, maybe maybe it'll catch some people off guard. Mm -hmm. It's not always good. In fact, more often than not, it's not good, but I think that some things just aren't worth spending the time analyzing and you can, and there's no harm at all in doing that. And and if you want to learn how to play a song, obviously you need to do that. You need to know those, those chords and you need to learn how, how it works. Uh, just like, you know, if you want to be a solid writer, maybe it's worth taking the time to analyze some things. Um, I know as an English lit major, that annoyed me to death. (laughs) Just uh, taking the time like, oh, well, you know, let's talk about the, like, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, like, phallic messages and beauty and beast. Like, (laughs) what? We're really going to spend the time talking about that? Uh, And some songs are not worth doing that, you know? And, and, And I like... I, the romantic in me wants to keep that mystery and, yep. and not know and not learn those chords. And maybe one day I'll stumble upon like, oh, that's what this is. This is how they're doing that. But until then, I, I, I really try not to concern myself too much when something astonishes me or, or like really makes me wonder or just makes me happy in, mm-hmm. in a wacky format of a song. And then other times, I just don't want to learn it because I'm too lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah no, that's definitely true. I, I think so, like totally in support of what you're saying about 
like they probably didn't intend to do this. I I 100% believe that like Andrew Bird did not think about every single corporation sure. in that song yeah. and like this is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just wrote what sounded good to him and he yep. just made it happen. And I think that's what happens with the protest guys a lot. Not yep. to take away from their no, achievement, totally. like those guys, those guys know a lot of classical theory. Like mm-hmm. if you read anything about them, they'll they'll reference stuff like you know this section was kind of like a Rachmaninoff piece that we were kind of <laughs> listening to at the time, and then like. Those dudes know a lot, and that's not to detract from what they're doing, but I think there's a lot to be said for analyzing things can be really good, but usually the way that it helps you is you learn about things that work, and you learn Mm -hmm. about how they work so that you can kind of remember them later when you... It's like adding tools to your tool belt. That is a, a really just beat down thing that I've heard in college in both of the majors that yeah. I did um, was like, this is something you just need to know because it's another tool in your tool belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel about analyzing songs. It's yeah. it, You're not analyzing it just to like feel better about yourself. Or even, mm-hmm. like I, I don't think it's worth thinking about the artist is just like oh, they're just a god because they did this right. thing and I just can't believe they ever thought to do this. Well, they probably didn't. They probably just wrote something that sounded cool. Yeah. And it is a really impressive thing if they meant to do it inten- intentionally, but they probably didn't. Yeah. And yeah. that's fine. <laughs> but for you moving forward, it can be a really useful thing to when you come to this crossroads of I want to do this thing, but I don't know how to do it. You know, there was this time this artist that I do remember did this mm-hmm. thing and it worked out really well. And I'm in a similar situation here and I can do a similar thing. It doesn't yeah. sound exactly the same. But understanding, it helps. understanding how to modulate to yeah. mm-hmm. like changing, which just means changing keys, um, understanding how to do that in a way that's beneficial to the song as a whole, not just knowing that somebody did it for the sake of like, then I can just throw it in a song because it's more yeah. like this will be, like you said, a tool in the tool belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that's going to come up later, but first uh, let's take a break. Yeah. Let's take a break. For us, also. For us? I mean, we're playing it. So it's oh, fun. yeah, that's true. Yeah, he is playing it. It's cool. game. Chad, it's you, have, you have yet to host one of these games. Yeah, it's, I know, because I'm really bad at <laughs> making <laughs> games. Um, yeah, I'm kind of terrible at playing them sometimes, but mostly I'm also terrible. Well, I think this is a fun pretty one, so. equal opportunity to win this yeah, one. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to play kind of a variation on a game that we played a few weeks ago uh, having to do with lyrics. Uh, bad lyrics preferably <laughs> maybe not bad just silly out, off the wall lyrics uh i don't know we should start coming up with clever names for these games we really should um, if you guys have any ideas email us also just in general talk to us because i know some people listen because we see the numbers for it but like <laughs> nobody ever talks to us and is like hey you guys suck or you guys are kind of fun sometimes I'm and it's so just lonely. fun to get some feedback to be perfectly honest <laughs> it's, I, I, I just want to hear from feels somebody. a little rewarding you know i asked uh, a, a buddy of mine the other day uh, like we were just kind of talking and mm-hmm. he mentioned something about music i was like oh we were talking about it on the podcast the other week i was like did you listen to that episode and he goes nope <laughs> i said oh have have you have you oh, listened oh, to any okay. uh-uh <laughs> and he told me to listen to like the first four episodes and i was like oh all right so you haven't been following up no i'm backlogged <laughs> okay cool to be fair i have several podcasts that i'm yeah. pretty backlogged on right now mm-hmm. yeah me too 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This one's the most important one to That's me. That's right. So our game, let's do it. Yeah, let's do a game. Uh, so basically, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to read some lyrics, uh, and it's going to be up to you guys to finish them. However, these ones are going to be multiple choice. I'm going to give you four Ooh. options as to oh, what the wow. finishing lyric could be Love here. It. Uh, one of them is obviously the correct one, and then the other three for every one of them are I just made up. Not the correct one. <laughs> yeah, they're not the correct one. Nice. Uh, that is how a multiple choice exam works. Tell me um, more. Uh, do, do you like, only know about that because you were a teacher? Uh, I, I, I learned a lot in my teaching days. Uh, yeah. Multiple choice tests being one of them. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, how to give them? How to take them? Um, how to grade them? Yep. Uh, did you have scantrons or was it like old I had fashioned? scantrons? Sometimes. Did you learn scantrons. a how to oh. give them? B how to take them. C, how to give them. Or D, how to the give them. Oh, okay. Uh, F, all Kill. of the above. Correct. Um, you know what I really hate in multiple choices? Which of the following is not? Yeah. I hate that so much. It's like, man, don't, don't, don't do that. Just, just tell me what you want me to learn, and I'll yep. learn it. Uh, I'm going to read some lyrics. I'm going to give you the, the band slash artist and then the name of the song. So maybe you know some of these. I doubt you guys will know. I didn't know all of them. Um, I try to pick ones that might be a little obscure, but just wacky wild. All right, so uh, I'm going to read uh, the, the the first part of the lyric, and then I'm going to say, A, blah, B, blah, C, blah, D, blah. Yep, got and it. then you're going to get it. All right, uh, so the first one is by a band called LFO, and the song is Summer Girls. Cool. All right, so the first part of the lyric goes like this. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Is the answer, the next bit of the lyric, is it going to be A, I really liked those hot hits. Uh, B, they all make me want to spit. C, Chinese food makes me sick. Or D, the Backstreet Boys are good at making grits. I'm I'm going with A. You're gonna go with A. I really liked those hot hits. Yeah, really, it's pretty lame, but it makes a little more sense than the other ones. It, hopefully, it, New it, Kids it, on the Block had a bunch of hits. I, I really, really liked those hot hits. I really wanted to be C though. Chinese yeah. food makes me sick. I mean, that was that's my second guess. That's my backup. I think okay. I'm gonna go with C because that's what I wanted. Spit to be. and grits just don't seem like l- lyric words. There's words that they just... they all make me want to spit. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but I'm mm-hmm. going A. Okay. Uh, just so I know, theoretically, would any of those, if, if I say any of these, yeah. would you be too terribly surprised? I mean, the grits one, yeah, kind of. A yeah, little okay. bit just because it's like, why did you bring up the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> okay. And but, grits. But other than that, like it was. It was so I was yeah. pretty proud of the Backstreet Boys one because I totally made that up. <laughs> nice. uh, that is not the lyrics, but I thought Backstreet Boys and grits was really nice. <laughs> uh, the correct answer is C, Chinese Yay! food makes me sick. I'm so happy. <laughs> and I like it when the girls drop by for the summer. For the summer. That's the song that says, I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Interesting. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. And eat Take lots of grits. Grits, 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 grits. Possibly the worst song in the 90s. But also, why do they talk about Chinese food? Oh, it, just it, to make it fit in the song. Okay. Huh. There's right. literally no reason for yeah, that lyric that, at all. Make it okay. fit. It's still the song is all strong. about like <laughs> The song is all about like getting with girls in the summer, uh, right. I guess. I don't know. It's it's a stupid stupid say? song. All of these songs are stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, the that's next perfect. One, I love it. The Keep next going. one I left. Uh, the band name is not the band name, but it, my phone auto corrected what I typed, and I thought it was too funny not to say. It's a uh, Can Galen. Uh, Van Halen. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. Van it's is like, a real word, but it switches to can. It's like can no, you didn't want to type Van. Can Galen. Uh, the song is called Why Can't This Be Love. Uh, this is from Van Halen's later years after they lost uh, David Lee Roth. 
and got Sammy Hagar as lead vocalist. So the song is uh, Why Can't This Be Love? And the lyric goes like this. Only time will tell if we, is it A, stand the test of time, B, can make this love sublime, C, can cut up some limes, or D, oh, I'm all out of rhymes. I think we unanimously Only time will tell. <laughs> oh, I'm all out of rhymes. <laughs> like, I Okay, like, really you just out there. there. You just like all on this one. That was it. Huh? <laughs> yep. Oh man. Um, only time will tell. What were the first two? Uh, it's one of the first. Two. I think only time will a. tell if we stand the test of time. Yeah, I think it's or that if one. we can make this love sublime. Yeah, to stand the test I'm of time. F- I'm feeling a. A is the correct answer. Woo! Only time will tell if we can stand the test of time. <laughs> Which is like, come on. Yeah, just <laughs> like that's yeah. That's All right. Uh, the next one it's I, th- I got. Bad palindrome, pretty more or less. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Conceptual palindrome. Uh, that was like a number one hit for several weeks. Weird. Why can't this be love? Um, anyways, uh, the next one is Eminem, Love the Way You Lie, uh, featuring featuring some some rapper girl i don't know uh, rapper girl all right so the the first lyric goes like this uh now you get to watch her leave out the window is the answer a with love the size of an ego b you say goodbye and i say hello c of the sixth floor to her death or, <laughs> or d guess that's why they call it window pane Oh my oh, goodness! You get to watch oh, her man. leave out the window. I actually really don't want it to be any of them. B or D could both. Uh, you say goodbye. I say hello. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, she's that. That makes a lot of sense. But also, that's why they call it window pane. That's pretty clever. So either way, you it's came up with a clever line. It's also cheesy as hell. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely B. But like, you can, you did a good job on D there. Thanks. I didn't write D. Eminem did. That's the right answer. Uh, I didn't write B either. The Beatles wrote that. You say goodbye and I say hello. That's from their popular song, Hello, Goodbye. Like, I know a lot of people really like like Eminem, but God, that sucks. Now you get to watch her leave out the window. Guess that's why they call it window pane. I hate that. I mean, honestly, though, Eminem does a good job of, like, making cheesy stuff also sometimes work, where it's like, that was really silly but like yeah. saying it still in a way where it's not trying to be really it hard it just sounds sure. like a bad dad joke though. well yeah <laughs> like he was like i'm writing this well, song but also, as long as he's like, not like where the was emphasis- he at the time <laughs> i don't know i don't have any idea it's one of those things where if it's kind of in passing it's fine because it's like exactly. oh did you notice that thing i mean really said? the majority of any song lyrics you take them out of context yeah. like they can sound wacky but, but i mean that's silly. like for country lyrics the you know the the hook of the song that one line that you know and that's why you gotta why she got bangs or whatever mm-hmm. um that line needs to stand the test of time just by itself but you can oh. throw some th- other things kind of like in there that just aren't that great some silly mm-hmm. puns Man, all right that's funny uh the next one is justin bieber the song is called boyfriend okay the lyric goes like this. It says, swag, swag, swag on you, <laughs> chilling by the fire while we, is it A, dancing with your boo, B, uh. eating fondue, C, talk about the color blue, or D, think of things to do. Man, I really thought the word screw was going to factor in here <laughs> somewhere. Um, no, this was in his like 10-year-old days, okay. I'm pretty sure. So that makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah, um... Uh, it's swag, A or swag, D. Swag, swag, swag. Swag, swag, <laughs> You say A or D? It's, I think so. Okay, swag, swag, swag on you. Chilling by the fire while we dancing with you, boo. Yeah, That's it's a. not that one. Or is I it think of things to do? Think of things to do. Think of things to do. What were the middle two? I just uh, B was eating fondue. 
And I C really was talk know. about the color blue. Yeah, so I guess we're going to go with D here. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry to say this. You're both wrong. <laughs> is it A? The correct answer is B. Oh. What? Eating fondue. fondue. Is it really? I promise no, you. No, that <laughs> is... Swag, swag, swag on you. Chilling on the couch while we eat and fondue. I'm not saying it's incorrect, but it is wrong. <laughs> it, it should never have been written. No, that's... Oh, my goodness. Oh All boy. you believers out there, you... Probably what's proud also of that line. somewhat terrifying is that somebody else wrote that song 100%. for him, yep. and they also thought that that was they were a like, solid no, Justin, choice. I promise this will be good. No, but like, what about thinking about things to do? Fondue, though. You fondue. What about the fondue? Kids love fondue. We were talking about that earlier. <laughs> we going were to the melting about fondue. pot. Yep, that's like the place to take your date when you're in high school, man. <laughs> really? Some melting pot action. We yeah. didn't have one in Cookville, so that was mm. just completely. It's off pretty. The table. Ex- it's pretty high. It is. Man. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like you, that, yep. that's a pretty. Pay I to no, spend it was. I, high school. Yeah, I've been to melting pot once. It was for prom uh, senior year for dinner before prom, and it man. was it was fine. I. Yep. Love cheese. I and love I've cheese. Never been to the, the melting pot. You guys, <gasps> you won't pay sixty bucks for okay, cheese. Okay, so Ashley, <laughs> Ashley doesn't really love fondue. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheese fondue. She likes meat fondue and stuff, but cheese fondue mm-hmm. just Did bread you just and say cheese. Meat fondue. It's not dipped in cheese. It's just you. It's like an oil kind of thing, and you dip. Oh, okay. And you cook the meat in it essentially. Oh, okay. And also, you can put veggies and stuff in there. It's quite good. Um, I know of a similar thing called the hot pot. That's yes. Like a Chinese. Thing. With, yeah, exactly. Like so this is the non-Chinese version of that. But we okay. do that. We do which we just call it Chinese fondue. But we do that at Christmas fairly often. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, which tradition. is lots of fun. Uh, but so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a fondue pot that my parents gave me for my birthday, so Ooh, you guys should come over, and the three of us will have fondue sometime when Ashley's out, <laughs> yeah, or we I'm can totally have all of our fun. wives over and all have sounds lovely. Communal I'll bring some chocolate to melt. And yeah, and just, and we'll just use the same pot. Just have yeah. to get done with all the cheese. Right, uh, we won't even clean it. Forget the rest of the podcast. Let's just plan the rest uh, of the night. Chocolate <laughs> cheese, dude. Do you guys remember the show Rugrats and uh, chocolate yes? cheese? No, it was like a chocolate bar that had cheese in the middle. Oh, weird. Anyways, so uh, anyway. or maybe it was a cheese bar that had chocolate in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, we got one more. No, no, a couple more. Okay. Uh, the next one is Hillary Duff. The song is called "So Yesterday." Oh man, I already know. Okay, skip uh, me. So the lyrics go: If the light is off, then is it <laughs> is it A? I can't see anything. B? Yes. The power is out. C? Probably. Someone get a flashlight. Or Hopefully. D? It's not on. I I'm gonna say I it's just D know. that it's not on. Do you really know? Yeah. All right. What is it? If the light is off, then it isn't on. A hundred percent is the weirdest. Is that song? Yeah. Yeah. Every time, like, so Ashley will listen to Hillary Duff here and there, and uh, we're always like, "Are you kidding me, Hillary?" And just like, like, really? That's all that's you can what come you up can... with. <laughs> so yesterday. So <laughs> that was my first concert. Was Hillary Duff? Oh no! Some it was technically it was the first concert I went to with me and my friends and not parents or whatever. I was thirteen. Oh, yeah. We played rock paper scissors pain the whole time. Oh, like slapping each other? Yeah, is rock, paper, scissors, and if you lose, you get slapped. And it was me and my friend Daniel Bryant and Austin Haynes, and uh, because Daniel thought she was really hot, so we just went, and I was in seventh grade. (sighs) Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. okay. We all make mistakes. I'm pretty sure my first concert was Jewel, so. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was Audio Adrenaline. What can you do? That's better than. Yeah. That's better than. Is it a though? Girl. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> mm, not much, but a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking back, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what is I think? Oh, Audio Slave is the band. I was oh, thinking of. yeah, oh, not not oh, most of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah, 
that would have been a cool first concert sure. uh anyways next one is uh because i didn't want to leave out you know the the good stuff too uh the next one is black sabbath uh the song is yes. war pigs uh, and like i said a few times on the show black sabbath was my favorite band for a long time and i still really like them a lot wow. uh, they're one of the better rock bands i think that ever existed but anyways <laughs> uh the song is called war pigs and this is the opening lyric it wow. says generals gathered in their masses is the answer a and i'm feeling very flaccid <laughs> b <laughs> just like witches at black masses c as the popemobile it passes or d Neighbors need to mow their grasses. I do know this one. Is it B? It's B. It is yeah. Yeah. B. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they rhymed masses with masses, which yeah. is not a rhyme at classic. all. Classic. <laughs> classic rock. Uh, classic, classic. All right. Uh, next one uh, and final one is Neil Diamond, and the song is I Am dot 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 I Said. Uh, this one just kind of zonked me out for I don't I know th- why. I thought his name was Neil Diamond, though. <laughs> It his name is not I said. I, I am. Yeah, I said. I thought is what he said. But his name who is, is Neil I said Diamond. then? Huh? Is if it's not Neil Diamond? Yeah. So I who's mean, on first? I, <laughs> 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 uh, that's correct. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Third base. <laughs> there you go. Who's on first? Third bases. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, classic skit. Man, we I literally just watched that the other day with Chris and Stephanie and Ashley, Aww. and it was fun. Okay. I mean, not for the first time. I've seen it a billion times, but it's great. No. Um, all right. So the song is uh, I Am, I Said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lyric goes like this, and no one heard at all. Mm. So it's like right after he says, I am, I said. And no one heard at all. Is the answer A, because no one was there. B, and it's just no fair. C, not even the chair. Or D, no one heard my stare. Uh, definitely chairs. Always chairs. <laughs> definitely chairs. But which way is stair spelt? Is it stairs like I'm going up the no, stairs, like, or like is it like stare, visual like stare, stare at somebody? Okay, yeah, I want it to be that one. I'm going That's B. That's the one I want. You're it saying to be. D. I'm and it's saying just D. no fair. You're gonna say it's just no fair, and you're gonna say no one I, heard my stare. That's just the one that I want it to be. <laughs> uh, all right. So, and no one heard it all. The correct answer is. C, not even the chair. Oh, what? Man. Not even the chair heard oh, Neil Diamond. God. Ah, of course. I mean, bum, bum, bum. The chair Good didn't have a choice. That is really bad. I mean, maybe in the rest of the song, there's reason for it and it makes sense, but I, I just can't envision a world in which that's true. Oh, that's Sometimes so you just got to look around the room and go, that thing doesn't have ears. <laughs> Cool, let's finish the episode. <laughs> yeah, man alive. All right, we've each got one more example. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. So the last one was a chord progression that was all minor chords, and this one is one that's all major chords, Ooh. but um, it doesn't necessarily... I guess I should have played it first and then talked about it, but I'll go ahead and play it. This is Alone by Emery. It's the last song on uh, their album, You Were Never Alone. <laughs> and here it goes.
Okay, so um, what you were talking about earlier, Chad, about like analyzing stuff and using that as a tool. Um, the two kind of main guys in Emory, I mean, there's uh, they're a full band, mm-hmm. but the songwriters typically are uh, Toby Morell, who's the singer, and well, there's two singers sometimes, but uh, Toby Morell and Sim McGuire. <laughs> yeah, Toby McGuire. Uh, he likes writing about Spider Man <laughs> and how bad and he was just, at playing Spider Man. It's just too much. Hold on, time out, time out, time we out. Can't derail on that. Nope, I'm just gonna let okay. that stand. <laughs> I am middle ground. We'll have a conversation after the podcast. No, Spider Man is better than the original Spider Man. Go on. Mm, oh man. my goodness. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so Toby Morell and Matt um, hmm. Matt Carson. And the two of them, Toby is very just like emotional, kind of floaty kind of guy uh, in a lot of ways. And so he, you know, writes all the lyrics and writes the songs and doesn't really think a whole lot about what's going on. And hearing his demos are a little bit pitiful. Like it's, I mean, there's good ideas in there, but it's like the guitar parts are pretty bland and stuff. Uh, and but it's good songs like at their cores. And so then Matt, who's very like type a and um methodical about things is more of the composer and so kind of brings those songs to life bring me to life (laughs) and so this progression uh was one that he wrote where it was more he had the concept for it and applied that to the song and he got the concept straight from as a tool kind of thing uh a star trek in i think the star trek second of the recent trilogy it was the second one or whatever but it's that specific progression and he was like that sounds like just so epic like Mm. as a progression and again it's all it doesn't feel like it's all major chords um but they're all major chords so the progression is a major one and the reason that doesn't feel major is because that is the that progression from from the one to the parallel minors major, four chord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, blam, 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 And this is the, f- so it goes from the one to the major flat six to the flat two, which is just a half step above that one, also major. And then down to the dominant of the original one, which is the five. And the going from the second to the third chord, that progression is just going, um, it, it doesn't matter. It's just doing really interesting <laughs> things, and it's all very, it's all major chords, but it sounds really epic. That's totally Star Trek, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just Star Trek. So that, that yeah. transition yeah. especially, and then back to there, and that chord just brings us right back around yeah. to the, to the tonic there. So, um, and just a fun little hint is that thing that we talked about earlier again with the you'll hear that in a lot of pop songs yep. and you are now going to be aware of it. And <laughs> yep. uh, especially Nick Jonas in a lot of his pop stuff uses it a good amount. Um, honestly, a lot of the Jonas Brothers stuff, I don't listen to them very much, but actually listen to the Jonas Brothers and we've since noticed it in their stuff and then in Nick Jonas's stuff and also whatever Joe DNCE Joe Jonas's brother I mean project Joe Dance sure is it you I said think DNCE DNCE I think is the band oh, name no, okay. and it's Joe Cake Jonas by the ocean thing. yeah Cake by the Ocean that guy uh, um so yeah that's uh, just a fun thing right there it's hmm. a neat chord progression 
that that time it definitely did have to be that way. If they tried playing different <laughs> chords with that same melody, would have sounded like junk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's about all I got to say about that one. Uh, yeah, my next one and last one is kind of going on what Chad was talking about earlier with the Andrew Bird song. Is uh, when I hear this song, um, I don't, I don't think that the artist's intention was to sit down and write as crazy and complicated as a chord progression as they could. Uh, I just think that is. It's kind of just what happened in the song, but the reason I picked this particular song is, well, a couple of reasons. A, it's of Montreal, <laughs> arguably my favorite band. I, I, I really wanted to talk about them because they do this this whole wacky chord progression and modulation so well in so much of their music, and they constantly manage to make it catchy. I don't know how. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's so poppy, but it's always so, so catchy. Dancing. And it like their songs have a way of doing things that you just never ever expect any song to do. But the way that Kevin Barnes writes the the lyrics in particular for this song, um, I thought it was a really neat match because the content of the song is all about it, it it's so harmless. It's just about a couple who decided to get out of the city and move to the country and the little things that they experience like with their neighborhood and like what it's like to live out in the country and how nice it is just to get away from the city but the 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 content like the lyrical content is that but then the actual musical content is just so like uh unsettling and and it it's not grounded at all like i don't know what key this song is in cuz it's in 10 keys uh it <laughs> yeah. like it just constantly changes um even like the first verse it, the second verse is like kind of the same vocal melody, but it's completely new chords. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. We're not even like going to go back to that. Like, and it just, it just goes everywhere. And even if like when you listen to the drums, they don't ever keep a solid beat. Like they're always doing like a fill. Like the song always feels like it's going to resolve, but it doesn't. And I just think that that's such a, speaking of analyzing music, maybe this was or wasn't his intention, but I think that's a cool contradiction there of like having these, harmless just nice lyrics about living in the country and how peaceful it is uh and of course like it gets a little weird like all their music does like he starts talking about an alcoholic neighbor and like you know don't ever give him a ride to the liquor store because then he's gonna bug you and always want (laughs) you to buy him beer and it's like yeah those are just little things that you put up with living out in the country but then you know you're listening to it and you're like well uh i don't know if i'm comfortable or uncomfortable with the song (laughs) and i i would even argue this isn't one of their best songs by any means uh, it's just a sh- kind of one of their shining examples of like exactly how they write uh, as a band, particularly how Kevin Barnes writes. So yeah, we'll take a listen to it and check it out. Isn't it nice living out in the country? It's so nice for us to have a place up in our own space with no one to mind. There's a cranky the elderly lady next door who accuses Like, I can guarantee you, you listen yeah. to that, and it didn't do anything that you wanted it to do or expected it to do yeah, at all. Every time it would be like, and then, ba, da, 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 and you'd think it would go, blah, blah, yep. and it's like, and like, okay, yep. where are we going? Yeah. And it's like, it's not going in any particular direction. Like, it's not, it's not like the, the modulation is just going up and up and up or down yeah. and down. It's just going up, down to the side. It's just like a Willy Wonka elevator yep. scenario. 100%. It's just going wherever it wants. And that's what Of Montreal does so well, I think, uh, because that's still it's still a pretty listenable song. Like I said, it's not one of their best, but it is an example of just 
some of the things that they decide to do uh, that continue to surprise me, and that's off one of their earlier records. A lot of their like more acoustic guitar-driven records are like this, to where you'll have like a, a popier song that sticks to a typical pop progression, and then they'll throw one of these in there, and then they'll throw a weird instrumental in there that has like kazoo's and and you know like whiz whapper yeah. instruments, <laughs> like toy in, instruments in there, and then they'll do another pop song, and they follow this like formula of like let's make sure no one knows what to expect next and i really appreciate it, that, that about that band yeah. um so yeah yeah and i like the example. discordance it, the of we you know regular song topic but not mm-hmm. really sure if you're happy or sad about it kind of a yeah, thing exactly. there's a, there's a copeland song that does a similar kind of thing where it's called ordinary it's on their latest album and it's talking about like this is just our life and it's just ordinary and the whole time Ashley listens to it, and to her, it sounds like a happy thing. Like, it's just ordinary, and this is great. And mm. to me, it sounds like he's saying, like, it's ordinary, but yeah. kind of almost bland and, like, mm-hmm. bad, sort of, too. And I really don't know. And yeah. it's this weird <laughs> space in between. I, um, I, I really appreciate that. I yeah. think that's very artistic and very creative yep. when, when somebody's able to do that. Like, yep. make you make you not know how to feel after listening to it you know you're you think you you might depending on the day i'll feel a different way about it exactly yeah Um, that song's called isn't it nice by the way i don't know if i mentioned that cool (laughs) yeah yeah so my my second one is it it's not so specific about this song necessarily but i just wanted to i honestly just wanted to talk about tune yards as a band Mm. because they're amazing um so it's mostly a duo and um i don't know either of their names but it's a girl who writes most of their songs like as a whole and then it's a guy who plays bass and just writes really weird things that go under them and she does a lot of like looping and she usually plays with a snare and a tom and she'll loop those with some amount and then she'll play a keyboard a little bit or play a ukulele a little bit but she mostly just sings and is an amazing singer and just communicator in general um and their band changes all the time like at times they'll have videos where it's like okay it's it's always the main two of them and then maybe this time there's two saxophones and a percussionist or maybe this time there's two singers and a percussionist and somebody's just kind of doing something random uh, if you want a really good example of like the kinds of things that they do live and the kinds of things that are really impressive just watch their newest like kexp video hmm. it's still a couple of years old but it's amazing um i've seen them live a couple of times and it's just always such a like interesting visual experience but they make these huge soundscapes and it's such a different style of music because i think here in america we're so used to the western sound Mm -hmm. of music Mm -hmm. uh you know the very typical like uh honestly western european style of music and like the classical roots that basically all of our music draws from you know like the 12 tone scale and the emphasis on melody and harmony and then percussion is in there kind of as a side note Mm -hmm. their music tends to borrow like parts of that but then they also have a a large emphasis on sort of the uh, african cultural music where it's a lot of percussion and a lot of somewhat conflicting percussion and the the harmonies that she tends to write are not what we usually expect they usually have a very like african kind of sound to them a very like open quality but it's not the harmonies that i usually anticipate and the bass lines that guy writes for these things 
make no sense sometimes. <laughs> like, he'll be playing a bass line, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then it's just like, and it'll go up a half step. And it's like, huh, interesting. Because nothing else changed, but your bass line went <laughs> up a half step. Yeah. And then, like, later it'll go back down. And it's just like, huh. That was, and so it, it's always just really interesting. I picked the song Water Fountain because it's also a really cool song. But just yeah. listen to anything by them. They are so amazing. So this is Water Fountain. <laughs> So it just sounds really different than pretty much any other band that I've ever heard, and yeah. I think they're just super interesting. And I, they are one of those bands that I've honestly not listened to a ton of their recorded work because I love watching videos of them and seeing them live. And I think what they do in a live setting is just so interesting and impressive that it, it just doesn't translate the same to me in in the recorded medium. Yeah. But hmm. but yeah, that's two yards. Nice. Yeah, well, I think that's it for examples. Um, hey, everybody, who, whoever's still listening, you should <laughs> do uh, the things like subscribing and and whatnot uh, before you tune out and talk to us on the interwebs of sorts because your we want to do that and it's fun because you can talk to us in person too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Either way, um, we're around. We are. Unless you live far away, in which case we're around our places, not yours. Yeah, (laughs) less around than that. Um, But yeah, subscribe on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, at Joyce Eclectic, and email us, joyceeclecticgmail.com. Next week, we'll be talking about something. I don't know if we've picked what yet, Mm. um, but we'll have picked it at some point. And uh, if you would care to know about that and submit some ideas, go for it. We've been less forthright about trying to go out and get that stuff <laughs> recently. Yeah. So, uh, but any ideas that you have would be awesome. Yeah. And, you know, tell whatever friends you can. Uh, it's just fun to have it, the community grow rather than kind of just staying stagnant yeah. or something yeah. like that. So, uh, in any case, we're having fun. I hope you are too. Um, yeah. And I think we'll, we'll have some projects going on. It, over time with music and things. I know I've got some stuff kind of in the works. Matt's been talking about some stuff he has in the works and all that. And we'll share more about that as time goes on as well. Uh, any other thoughts from you guys before we close out? Um, uh, follow our playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys don't follow, if you're on Spotify and we're on there, it's Joyce Eclectic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put up all the songs every week that we do um, in kind of their own playlists on our page. So if you're interested or want to know more about those musics, uh, check it out. It's cool. pretty neat. Uh, I've been going back and listening to a few that I made. And like when we talk about the seasonal stuff, that's actually a really nice playlist to yeah. just have like in pocket. Yep. Um, I've added some of those songs to like my own separate seasonal playlists. Uh, so that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you made like one giant playlist out of everything we've talked about, it would be pretty buck wild. Quite yeah, eclectic. <laughs> it would be quite the eclectic. Whoa! Honestly. <laughs> As we were talking at some point, I thought about the idea of doing a compilation album of music that we've all been a part of at some oh, point wow. in time. That would just be a joyous, eclectic <laughs> compilation. That's what, uh, we, that's what we should do one week is just talk about like past, present, and future. I mean, if you want to do that next week. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I was 
sort of waiting until like you know people are really familiar with us and it's been a while but like at this point that's probably come and gone so <laughs> um not gone but you know i think at this point people are familiar enough with us to where that would be interesting whereas if we started with that that would have been boring they're like well i don't yeah. even know who these people are but yeah. uh yeah i'd totally be down to talk about that next week yeah. um just mm. talk about our past with music and give some crappy examples yeah, of some really you're about to hear some buck wild stuff yeah. from yeah. I have nothing but brilliant material. <laughs> yeah, as uh, as you showed us with that yeah, Nickelback yeah. cover. <laughs> Great Nickelback cover. <laughs> oh, man. I, it's okay. I've won several Grammys that one. <laughs> I've got much worse, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, which I sent you guys one of those, that oh, uh, yeah. Del Wars Prada cover where you and the, uh, the guy amp in that, rolled like, over. Room playing yeah, the, yeah, me and James. That was a lot of fun back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> those good old days good old days indeed i used All to right. film a lot of stuff with a flip camera anybody have one of those flips oh, that had yeah. like the usb that just popped out and then i know what you're talking <laughs> about yeah, yeah this was i would think i was just using a nikon or whatever but mm-hmm. i had to have it high enough that it could get the angle yeah, down sure. yeah. and so we had it on top of a grand piano on a tripod so it was like all uh, the way up there yeah. and uh yeah I, I've learned things about things Martin over time. Martin Scorsese <laughs> level camera work there. Yeah, goodness gracious. But Guys, thank you so much for listening. Yep. It was very kind of you. Love you. <laughs>